Welcome to the podcast, Commonwealth Magazine's weekly podcast on politics and policy and the people who impact and influence both. My name's Jack Sullivan, and I'm a reporter for Commonwealth Magazine. Time was when you wanted ground-level knowledge about local issues and politics, you turned to your newspaper. In the case of Boston, that would be the Globe, the Herald, maybe the Tab, um, maybe Channel 4, 5, or 7. But as legacy media begins a slow fade and resources are tight, the Internet age has paved the way for smaller and more focused news sites to fill the breach. And these sites are valuable because they know the neighborhoods and their neighbors. So today we thought we'd tap a little local knowledge about the goings-on in Boston, talk with two of the more seasoned Internet news hounds here in the city. Adam Gaffin is the creator and engine behind UniversalHub.com started in 2005 to offer news, info, and pictures of the hub of the universe from the people who know it best, the neighborhood, and its residents. Welcome, madam. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, and we also have Matt Conti, a longtime resident of Boston, Boston's North End and a professional photographer, or a hot professional photographer, hobbyist. Exactly. <laughs> um, he runs NorthEndWaterfront.com. Launched in 2009, North End NorthEndWaterfront.com offers news, calendar items, and what an old editor of mine used to call refrigerator stories, those pieces and pictures that were saved on the kitchen appliance when a family member appeared in the local paper. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Jack. I love the refrigerator stories. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, I, I've always kept that in mind. You know, he, uh, she always said refrigerator stories. Get a refrigerator story. Right, right. So uh, if, um, if if you could, Matt, we'll start with you then. What What's the value of NorthEndWaterfront.com? Uh, is there no news that that co- no no news outlets that covers North End? Or is, is was there a need for it? It seemed to develop more and more over time. Like you said, there there were a lot of you know much more neighborhood news in the in the citywide papers, and there used to be a lot of community papers that have gradually you know disappeared or have uh, reduced their circulation. And when the world went online, um, there's been a, a, quite a bit of efforts to kind of replace that and um, unfortunately more failures than successes and it really kind of fell on I think the people in the neighborhoods to start, you know, taking up the, the mantle and kind of, you know, going to the, the meetings and, um, you know, reporting on the, the Little League, you know, the the libraries, the schools, you know, the um, uh, and kind of you know filling in a lot of that a lot of that gap. So that's really how you know North End Waterfront you know kind of got going. And um, you know more now more of the, of the submissions actually come from other people rather than just myself. And so while I am the uh, the editor, the and we have a few part timers. Um, you know most of the stories come from volunteers from the community. Uh, Adam, you're. Universal Hub is really the grandfather, I think, of, of, of city blogs around here. And I, I remember when you first started it, it would it seemed like it was an aggregator that that people would contribute to. But more and more, um, I'm, I'm I'm reading news in there. I'm, I'm seeing you go cover different meetings and and um, do some more uh, shoe leather reporting. Is is that an accurate uh, observation? Yeah, and part of it's because I'm doing it full time now, um, whereas before it was originally a hobby. Um, but one of the things that's happened, I think, as Matt talked about, you know, volunteer submissions, um, everybody is out there with a camera, you know, their cell phone. And when something happens now, they take a picture of it. They, they write down a tweet or maybe a Facebook post, but more often a tweet. 
And there's all this news that's going on out there. And I've managed to tap into that, I hope. Um, you know, a lot of, just a couple days ago, somebody got shot. Um, somebody took a picture of the crime scene and sent it to my attention. You know, it's that kind of thing. Everybody wants to be a reporter, um, but there's still a role for an editor to sort of aggregate that stuff and to bring it all together into a package and, you know, call the police and say, hey, what happened? Well, that, that, that brings up a good point, Adam. You're, you're, I know back when I uh, was a young reporter, and we're talking a long time ago, young reporter, um, with the Globe and then as a uh, city editor for the Herald, um, those kinds of incidents were regular fare that we would cover. It was launch all ships. There doesn't seem to be as much now. Um, do you find yourself getting more traffic on those kinds of things on your uh, website? Actually, I get, <laughs> the thing I get a lot of traffic on is, is photos of turkeys, um, problems <laughs> with the tea, bicycles. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's interesting about Boston, if you look at the rest of the country, there's a phenomenal number of, of what they call news deserts, places where the, the, the local media has, as Matt said, you know, basically fallen apart. That's not really the case in Boston. We've got, we still have two daily independent newspapers. We've got, um, you know, TV stations that do actual reporting. We've got two NPR stations that are competing each against each other with um, newsrooms. And yet, with all that, there are still things that, that, that they miss. Um, one of the reasons I got into to crime stuff especially was I was coming home one night um, several years ago, and Washington Street, which is the main street in my neighborhood, was just shut down. And it turned out two kids had gotten shot at rush hour in the middle of, literally as they were crossing the street, in the middle of the street. And there was nothing in the media about it. Um, you know, I think since then, um, the Globe especially has picked up. Uh, WFX Channel 25, I think, actually does a good job at sort of this breaking crime stuff. Um, but there's still, you know, Boston's a big city. And there are just lots of things happening in the neighborhoods that they're not covering. Well, that, that, that brings up a good point. Um, Matt, for, for the, what, what Adam's talking about, we still do have the Globe and the Herald. We still do have um, you know, the, the television stations. But what is it that they're not covering that, that you see that, that you need to cover? What are the issues that the North End uh, residents are interested in that you give them? Well, just from the, you know, I think a lot of the citywide papers have gone broader, right? They, I mean, their audience is largely the, you know, they have to appeal to the wider swath. And so the, the local um, ins and outs have um, kind of fallen by the wayside. So uh, there used to be, when I started this and when I was on the, the neighborhood councils and the neighborhood groups, there oftentimes was a Globe or Health reporter in the meeting. Um, that's no longer the case unless there's some major story or something, um, you know, or situation. Um, you know, so in fact, a lot of them in the Globe and both the Herald have been actually very um, generous. There was a time when they would not, um, you know, source uh, a an online publication like North End Waterfront. Um, Adam was really, you know, I think in Boston really kind of set the the stage and the path. Um, for a lot of us, when he picks up or, you know, forecasts one of our stories, you know, it gets out to that broader um, audience, which really helps, you know, bring, um, bring traffic and attention to the smaller sites like, um, like my own. Um, now, the, the, the Globe, and I've noticed um, a, a, a lot of the, um, you know, regional-type publications will use our sites as kind of feeder in, um, information. So 
and I think that is somewhat working because you know as uh, you know as a, a very small operation, um, I just don't have the investigative resources you know that a globe or can put to the task. Does, does that get frustrating for you guys? That um, you know something that that you you know, maybe only have a nugget, but something that, that you have launched that, that gets people's attention gets picked up and gets that wider audience some, somewhere else. It, it used to be, but as Matt said, they've gotten better at, like, sort of accrediting us. Um, and it's, it's, they have more resources. You know, this is a trivial example, but last week this woman, um, she dressed up as the Save More liquor sign as her Halloween costume, which if you haven't seen it, it's this liquor store, liquor stores up in Medford and Somerville, and they have these funny signs. And so that was her costume, which she wanted as a sign. It was this great picture of her. And so I ran it, and then the Globe actually talked to her, you know, because they have, they have a full-time internet quirky kind of stuff reporter. Um, so, you know, that's great. And, and he, he did give me credit, so that's fine. Um, in the meantime, you know, it's like I love going to licensing board hearings. Um, you very rarely see reporters from the, the mainstream media at most things that happen at City Hall. Occasionally they'll show up at city council meetings. But the licensing board, every week there's like bizarre fights going on at bars and stuff, new restaurants opening up. They're just not covering it. It may not be of interest to every single person in the Boston area. It's certainly not of interest to the suburban readers that the Globe is going after. But there are a lot of people who want to know about this stuff. Which does bring up a good point. I mean, one of the things that that I go to Universal Hub for and I go to North End Waterfront for, um, on the political scene, for instance, we have an election uh, coming up next Tuesday. Um, there, there are, I think, a lot of times when the Globe or the Herald covers something, it's from the candidate's view down. You know, it's it's... You know, what are the candidates doing? What are they talking about? Um, but if I want to find out what the issues are, I go to, um, you know, I go to uh, North End Waterfront. I go to Universal Hub. You know, what people are saying about transportation, what people are saying about street li- street lights and street repairs. What are you hearing, Matt? For uh, I, I know, for instance, you've done uh, some stuff on the uh, council races um, that that aren't getting a lot of attention from uh, the Globe and the Herald. What are the issues that you hear that 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 people are interested that they want addressed? Well, it's true. In fact, we have a very competitive race going on in District One, um, which includes you know the North End, East Boston, and, and Charlestown, and the. In the neighborhoods, there are a you can go to a candidate's forum almost once or twice a week, um, and that's something that you know it's just not worth you know a, a citywide paper to to report. And uh, so instead, the I think it's actually a shame that it's gotten um, portrayed a lot as you know kind of what fits a you know an old Boston, new Boston, when really I don't think that's actually fair to the candidates that are bring a lot more to the table um, on these individual issues and really have studied and researched um, the issues and bring their different perspectives that's actually, that's going to you know affect people's day-to-day block. And in the neighborhood, people really care about what's going to happen to their block, to their you know little corner um, of the world. And it's tough, uh, and it's easy then for a North End waterfront to kind of focus on that. You know, issues like you know housing, you know, in in the North End and downtown. I mean, the Airbnb short term rental issue is huge. Um, and that, in what way? 
Well, if you take the combination of, and this is something that a group like the um, the ADCO, which is an association of downtown neighborhood groups, um, has collated that literally there are thousands and thousands now of housing units that have been absorbed by the short-term rental companies. And it's not just Airbnb. There's over 30 of them. And these are, if you put them together, you're talking about several dozen literally black market hotels that um, are taking away housing stock from um, the, the downtown and mm-hmm. actually the citywide um, neighborhoods. And the effect that that's having on rental prices and largely what everyone is talking about in Boston, the cost of living, the cost of housing. Um, and that's one of the, the key key drivers there. And so that comes up when people in your neighborhood and you notice that the building next door and you see the roller bags going in and out and you see the lock boxes with the keys and you go on the sites and now it's not, it used to Airbnb, it used to start out that someone was just renting a room or renting a you know a spare apartment or something like that. Now it's very professional and basically you give your units, uh, if you own a building, to a professional Airbnb manager. Um, there's um, And they're actually now masked. So there's like an Anthony that owns about 50 or 60 units uh, or that manages 50 or 60 units in the North End, actually m- m- quite a bit more of that around the city. Um, that's completely unregulated, um, untaxed, and uh, basically is, uh, you know, affecting the, the, the street by street, um, you know, neighborhoods that we're seeing um, in Boston. So it's issues like that that come up at these forums where people are, uh, you know, very frustrated. Um, and the state and the city are getting there, but they're way behind. I mean, there's going to be some state legislation and followed by some city city ordinances. But, um, but this has been, you know, issues like that that kind of creep up um, you know, Adam mentioned um, the crime-type uh, aspects, and that kind of go um, uncovered. Uh, you know, on the candidate forums, you hear a lot about, you know, um, the homeless issues that, that people see, you know, on the streets. Um, you know, I take the police blotter and um, highlight different issues. And even if it's just, you know, you have a certain street and there's, uh, you know, there's five, you know, packages, you know, people taking packages and things like that, that, you know, you're just not going to find, you know, in a broad or citywide, uh, you know, publication. You know, it, it, it's interesting the way that you presented. I, I remember, you know, again, an old uh, editor once said that uh, it's not news until it affects an editor, you know, and that's, that seems to actually be what the, what the marching orders are for you guys. You know, if it's something that you see or something that affects you, it's something that, you know, you understand it has a wider impact. Would that be an accurate observation? Yeah, and I, I have to admit that I probably pay more attention to Rosendale, Hyde Park, and West Roxbury than other parts of the city simply because I live there or, I, you know, we, we go shopping in West Roxbury or whatever. Um, but it's it's there are certain issues that you just look at this and you go, oh, my God, like the 16-year-old kid coming home from work yesterday or the day before um, murdered at, at Bromley Heath. It, and it's like he was doing everything right. He was, a, as far as I, I can see, he was a good kid. He was in a, a football program. He was going to high school. He was working a job to save up for college. Now he's dead. And then several hours later, like a block away, in the middle of the day, while the mayor and the police commissioner are at some um, announcement for a new rec center in Jackson Square, some kid just gets out in the middle of Jackson Square and starts shooting a gun. Um, you know, it's certainly like Sue O'Connell, who's at NECN, she happened to be getting out of a car right at that moment to, to go to a store there. And it's just incredible. Um, you know, you have to keep telling yourself, yes, Boston is one of the safer 
um, big cities. And yet, we still have problems. Shootings are up. And we're fortunate that we live in a place with great hospitals so that the, uh, the death rate is, is, you know, relatively low. But there are certain issues out there that um, I don't really see being addressed in the mayoral race because I don't see that a lot of people aren't paying attention to that race. You know, it's been an interesting thing. I mean, you've got uh, – you, you do have a race, but um, – it just doesn't seem like it's getting as much attention as it might have some other time. When you say it doesn't get much attention, is it not getting much attention from the from the media or not getting much attention from the people you talk with, the people that are, you know, in um, the neighborhoods? Both, both. I mean, I, you know, you don't even, like, we're, we're in a big political, I'm in a big political neighborhood. You don't see a lot of Walsh signs. Um, and it's funny. Do you see a lot of Jackson signs? I, well, he doesn't have a lot, but it's interesting. You can tell that all the big Jackson signs in the area were put up there by uh, by Doug Bennett because they're the same places that used to have Bennett signs because Bennett, you know, is really into signs. And Doug Bennett is? Uh, Doug Bennett is a guy who up until this year ran for everything all the time every year and never really did very well. Um, but I don't hear people talking, you know, about the mayoral race like they might have um, four years ago. Four years ago, it was a big thing. I mean, obviously, because Menino had left and there were like 13 candidates. This just isn't something that people bring up, like, first thing. What's what's the big political discussion in the North End, Matt? What are you hearing? Is is there much talk um, about the mayoral race? Or, or is it like what Adam's saying, that there's not a lot of people that are real uh, focused on it? I'd say, again, the mayoral race has kind of taken um, a backseat to a lot of the city council races, which folks are, you know, again, from the neighborhood level, you know, your district councilor is kind of your first line of defense or, you know, advocates to see in city hall. Um, But Tito Jackson came to, you know, a a forum last week uh, in the North End, got a packed house and, um, you know, and the the mayor had a a city councilor, you know, stand in for him, uh, you know, at that piece. And I think that was, you know, one of the few opportunities to uh, to hear. And, you know, he I think he you know, he's a great speaker. You know, he has a lot of issues that you're not going to hear from, you know, an incumbent. Uh, type issue and uh, candidate, and I think that people find that you know pretty fascinating, and it gets them them thinking. Even though you know, obviously, it sounds like the race is going to be pretty lopsided, uh, but there still is a uh, you know a, a, the process is, itself is very important, and the issues that challengers bring up, um, I think, are. Uh, are key, you know, Adam can talk more about the city council and that, you know, the, the clown that's in the race and <laughs> kind of that, you know, that gets a lot of attention. Um, but there are, you know, issues again, you know, behind that. The and so, singular clown? Uh, <laughs> well, the only one who admits it. <laughs> um, yeah, the city council, getting back to the whole issue of coverage and everything, um, we're in a strong mayor city. The, the city council doesn't have a lot of direct influence on, on what goes on at City Hall, except it's a bully pulpit. And one of the things I think um, mainstream media misses by not going to city councils a lot is a lot of the issues that come up in Boston first percolate through the city council. And it's partly because of what Matt's, or largely because of what Matt said. Um, you know, if you're upset about something, you're not, you may not call the mayor's office, but you're going to call your city councilor or all the city councilors are out there all the time. You know, you're going to run into them at the uh, village market or whatever. Um, and so they bring up a lot of issues. You know, when Menino was mayor, um, they, there was even a term. It was when Menino Wi-Fi'd something because there was a city councilor who came up with this idea for a citywide Wi-Fi network. 
And the mayor, for whatever reasons, decided that was a great thing, and it became his issue. Um, you know, you've seen that a couple of times this year where there are a couple of issues that Jackson raised first as a city councilor, even before he had announced that um, Walsh has now adopted and has taken credit for these ideas, such as the um, most not, the one I remember the best is the immigration fund. You know, that was Tito Jackson's idea like a year ago, and nothing, maybe that's Jack, Jackson's fault, but nothing ever seemed to happen with it. But now it's a big thing. It has a million dollars plus to help immigrants. Um, so if you're not at the city council, yeah, a lot of their, their stuff is pretty routine, but there just are all these issues that keep coming up first there. Let me ask you guys, Matt, Matt I'll start with you. Do you think you have an impact? Do you think that that people um, pay attention to what you write and, or, or what you write informs and influences people? Because that, to me, that's always what local media has always been about, what a local newspaper has always been about is, you know, what can they... What can they do to keep the conversation going, to, you know, um, illuminate issues? Do you feel that NorthEndWaterfront.com does that? I try to. I mean, I generally try to take the cues from the community. You know, I hate to be kind of seen as someone will say, you know, these are the issues you should care about, right? Because that's not... That's not right, and uh, that taking cues from the the community and whether it's you know why schools, is it, real why estate. Why isn't that right, Matt? I mean, you you live there, you're a resident there, you understand. Well, it's true. The temptation is, for example, like uh, climate change is a good issue. Where I think you know I post a lot about it. North End's a waterfront community. There's several you know in Boston, and it's something that I think the the day to day folks just you know it's not in their their normal you know what's going on in their their daily activity. But uh, when you put it together. You know, it is an issue, and so there's something that you know where I think you know I can kind of take because there's a lot more and more happening now on climate change, whether it's on the governmental level or nonprofits or the state level as well, and bringing that to folks when there is a storm and people start to see the you know the flooding and you know the the waves kind of going over the the sea walls and that you know it starts to hit people that it you know this is not something out fifty years and that literally within ten and twenty years these sea walls are going to be breached uh, more and more and so uh, there's always that that I think that balance between and it, it's always disappointing in terms of what you think people should focus on and what they actually are focusing on if I post about a celebrity at a North End restaurant, it's it's always the top story you know of the day, you know on the on the website, um, which is unfortunate. Versus something like if a, if a major you know, climate change on a daily basis, though, so. <laughs> it, it's true. And so that's you know, and you have to obviously you know you have to um, you know kind of balance you know you know that type of you know what people um, you know will click on versus you know what are the the, the longer term broader issues that are going to affect the neighborhood. Yeah, it, w- with Universal Hub, uh, Adam, I think one of the things that attracts me quite often is um, uh, I look for snark, and I certainly can get it when I go to Universal Hub. You know, there's there's wry humor in there, there's puns, there's um, you know certainly uh, um, a, a good level of snark, but more and more it's combined with um, you know good solid news uh, presentation. Thank you. Um, do you find yourself uh, it, I, I always got the sense that you you would like sit at the keyboard and laugh as you were uh, typing in. Uh, do you find yourself be, now that you're doing it full time, uh, becoming more and more serious about it? Um, I think I don't know if I'm being more serious, but I, I think about it more. Um, you know, before I, I hit the submit button to post this thing publicly, I have to think about the impact because not everybody has the same sense of humor. 
not everybody finds the stuff that I find funny funny. Um, and, you know, so I, it, the site does have a wider readership than it did, say, five or ten years ago. Um, so, yeah, I have to be a little bit careful. At the same time, people keep telling me I've, it's time to stop rhyming headlines about tea delays. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to keep doing that until I, I reach the point where that's it. I can't rhyme anymore. Um, it's a silly little thing, but, you know, it, it brings attention to a big issue, which is that the tea has become very unreliable. Has, has the, one of the things that I get from reading Universal Hub is that um, some of the most extensive comments come on uh, tea-related stories, uh, tea-related links. Is that is that your experience? Yeah, um, because you think of it, the tea affects everybody. Everybody, pretty much everybody in my readership rides the tea at least occasionally. They take a bus, or their their you know their their husband or wife is delayed because the train is late or whatever. It's it's the one thing that sort of unifies the entire city, in fact, the entire region. Um, now, if I ever had a case of you know a bicycle hitting a bus, that that <laughs> I, I'm not sure that I would have the server capacity for that because they're trying to avoid a turkey. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because there's a, they saw a helicopter overhead. Um, you know, but that's another thing. I mean, I like quirky stories. I, I, as with the puns, at some point I'm going to get sick of running pictures of turkeys. But I still find it amazing that we're in the largest city in New England and turkeys are everywhere. They're in the North End. They're in, the, yeah. in South Boston, Roxbury. Um, you know, it's like it's just this amazing thing and they're just all over the place. Yeah, one thing about, uh, and, and we'll kind of wrap it up here, Matt, one of, one of the things that I noticed about uh, NorthEndWaterfront.com is that it, it has more of a... I mean, it's kind of foolish to say in, in the internet age a more traditional news uh, site look to it because, you know, in the internet, nothing's traditional at this point. Uh, but but it has that kind of a, a news uh, presentation with, um, um, you know, segregated stories and... and um, Sections and, you know, the right. topics. Is that an intent on your part it or is it just developed that way? an intent. I mean, one of the, the luxuries as a community news site and really the only way this works is, uh, and in Boston I think it's particularly appropriate as a city of neighborhoods. So uh, you can keep, I mean, the north end is, you know, um, less than, a, you know, half a square mile. So I can literally, you know, from my, um, you know, apartment be anywhere there literally within – Within minutes, but you also get the the luxury and the really the, to present you know the um, you know the po the positive stories that folks don't hear about. You know, there's a great school public school story, you know, in the North End. There's a lot of events, parades, and those type of things that you generally um, you know that folks again getting back to your like refrigerator stories where people will come the chess club at the library that wins an award. The, the, the you know the kid that you know wins the spe the statewide spelling bee, you know, and uh, that you know that people would. You know, in a traditional newspaper, cut out um, and you know here, you know, uh, you know, print out or whatever, or actually nowadays, you know, put in a tweet or something, something like that. And I do hear from, uh, you know, one of the things is that it does, you know, I, I try to provide a sense of community within the site, and that's what I hear from a lot of the readers, and that you know, because even in a small neighborhood like the North End, you know, folks that are in a routine. You know, if you work for, you know, a private company or, you know, the government, you're not, you know, hearing about other parts of what's going going on. And people just, I think, have a natural instinct, especially when it's just a few blocks away from them as to, wow, this went on last night at this event um, or, the, you know, this this activity or this 
um, real estate sale or this or this crime incident. Um, and everyone wants to know, again, what's really going on in their block, regardless of what the subject is. Adam, do you get a sense of the impact that Universal Hub has? Um, I know in talking to our technology guy, um, he came in the other day. He said, uh, um, hey, did you give Adam a heads up on the story that you wrote? Um, you would uh, link to uh, the T-Budget story that I wrote. Uh, and I said, uh, no, I think he just picked it up. And he said, well, because our numbers just skyrocketed with it. Um, so apparently, you know, you pick something up, it gets read, it gets clicked. Do you do you understand that uh, impact that you have? Or? Um, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what kind of impact I have. I know people in the media do look at the site from at least from time to time. Um, and, and obviously, I, I have a, way more people now, like, sending me tips than I did a few years ago, which indicates that they're reading the site and they think there's some value to it. Whether, you know, I'm affecting anything, to be honest, I don't know. I, I just like telling stories. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> well, thank you, guys. This, is, uh, this has been very interesting for me. Um, that's it for this week's edition of the podcast. I want to thank Matt Conti of NorthEndWaterfront.com and Adam Gaffin of UniversalHub.com for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. You can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or download it on iTunes. You can also go to our website at commonwealthmagazine.org and click on the fish. I'm Jack Sullivan. Thanks for listening, and come on back next week for another episode of the podcast. I sell the morning papers, sir. My name is Jimmy Brown. Everybody knows I am the news boy of the town. You hear me yelling. 